0: sweet talk is a weekly 20-minute podcast brought to you by the continuing education workforce training division of idaho state university's college of technology this podcast is part of our continuing outreach efforts and the format is conversation we're having conversations with businesses professionals entrepreneurs community agencies, and in all cases, difference makers. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So subscribe today. Take 20 minutes and hear from people living in your community who are making a difference in your community. It's time to get started with Sweet Talk. Hello, everyone. This is Jason Batalden, uh, Assistant Director of KitchenAid Education Workforce Training. And we've got a full house today, Paul
1: yes we do um
0: a, a whole broad of people here today that's right we got gary back on the show he is the old school host of sweet talk we're always glad to have him back on uh, we definitely, got a really definitely. cool guest today um and uh and we want to plug something real quick we do because at the end of this month we've got our uh fourth episode of our of our special series uh podcast series
1: yes um uh, how to
0: podcast by uh A podcast about podcasting by podcasters. There we go. So that's part four. four. (laughs) Part four, where we give our do's and don'ts about podcasting, and we just added a major don't, didn't we, Paul?
1: Yes, we did. (laughs) We're going to behind the scenes. Remember to hit that record button.
0: (laughs) That's right. If you're going to use Zoom, you got to hit record. But we're going to get over that today. So be sure to check that episode out. Uh, Comes out the last Friday of the month. This one was pretty cool. And we just had a really great discussion about what makes a great podcast. So uh, I I think it'll be pretty cool. Gary, you have a special guest on the show today. Uh, I'm going to toss it over to you and uh, introduce your guest.
2: Okay, well, that is awesome. I'm, um, I'm pleased, thank you guys for letting me join you today. Um, yes, uh, we have a great guest on today. His name is Jason Knapp, he's a culinary specialist. Uh, he works today for uh, Cisco Red River region uh, in Arkansas and Oklahoma. Um, we're gonna learn a little bit today about, uh, about cooking, about food, we're gonna have a great conversation and um, I- I'm so looking forward to hearing and getting some great tips on food uh, from Jason today. Uh, the conversation as always, it focuses on our guests. It's gonna focus on uh, a conversational tone and um, the 20 minute time frame started when I said, uh, welcome Jason, uh, appreciate your being here. Uh, I've got to start this out with something that I've learned about Jason. So uh, before I ask him to talk about himself a little bit, uh, I, I've got to say this line because it's a great headline from the Waffle House to the uh, Governor's Mansion uh, Jason that uh, fits in that mold that's where he's been that shows you the breadth of his experience and he was also um, a, a, a chef of the year for 2009 in Arkansas he's been on uh, cooking shows he's got so much experience here we're so privileged to have him on board welcome Jason Knapp thank you for joining us uh, looking forward to this conversation here can we start by asking you uh maybe uh, give us a little bit more background about yourself and uh, where you've been, what you're doing today with Cisco.
3: Sure, absolutely, yeah. Thanks for uh, having me on today, everybody. And uh, so, I'm in Arkansas, you know, it's, uh, uh, well, Waffle House was sink or swim. I had no idea how to cook when I started there and you don't want to sink at the Waffle House. So uh, I was uh, waiting tables for about three months and my manager came in, I worked the night shift, nine at night till seven in the morning. Uh, and he came in, he said, Hey, do you know how to cook? I said, No, he said, Well, you better learn, you're on the drill tonight. So, scatter, smothered cover, chunk, dice, spice, and pepper, here you go. And you <laughs> start slinging eggs and doing what you can. And that kind of turned into, Hey, I really enjoy this, I like right. cooking. And jumped for out from there to a few other places, went into an apprenticeship program uh, for three years, and then <clears throat> actually. The governor's mansion called the school uh governor huckabee was the governor at the time and they called the school and they said hey do you have any seniors qualified to come and uh work at the governor's mansion and i was the top of my class uh there were only two of us and the other guy was in the hospital so uh <laughs> here i am <laughs> and that is no joke so, uh, so i got the job at the governor's mansion and started working there i was there for eight years five as a sous chef with Huckabee, and then three as executive chef under Governor Beebe. Um, And then I had some other experiences, uh, higher education. So I worked for uh, the college here, the university here in Conway, University of Central Arkansas. I worked business dining for Blue Cross Blue Shield. And then Cisco Foods, I'd always bought from them, whether I wanted to with the big corporations or not. Uh, I always had a good relationship. So they came to me and they said, Hey, we'd like for you to be our culinary specialist. And I said, you know, I've got a nine to five. I mean, breakfast and lunch, uh, Monday through Friday. I'm pretty happy. And I said, well, you wouldn't have a staff to manage. And I said, I'm in. (laughs) in um, We went from there and I've been there six years as their culinary specialist. Cisco Foods, the largest food service distributor in the world. We sell a lot of green beans and a lot of napkins and a lot of everything else. Basically, I tell people we've got Brussels sprouts to Q-tips. If you need it, we have it. <laughs> and we, uh, I, as the culinary specialist, you would come into my kitchen and, you know, like a, it, we had Dairy's Fish House. He wants to learn how to make money in food service, very small margins, uh, profit side. So we show them how to do that properly, show them how to prepare food, basically show them whatever they want to see. And the experiences that I've had in the past from my blessed career have really allowed me to go through that and speak up to fine dining and down to, not down, but on the spectrum there, down to convenience stores. So yeah. um, it's a very interesting career to have, uh, to be able to see these people. It's like my own episodes of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. There you go. Yeah.
0: There you go. Oh, that would yeah. be cool. So, yeah.
3: So- Ahead, so, Josh. Jason,
0: uh,
1: you go to their establishments to uh, to help them out, or do they come to uh, your place to help? Um, how does that work?
3: In my role, typically, they would come to my kitchen at Cisco. So I work Cisco, Arkansas, which is part of the Red River region with Oklahoma as well. And so we each have a kitchen. Every Cisco site has a kitchen within the building. And so they would typically come into me. I would pull the food from the warehouse, prepare it show them how to do it. They can get hands-on or they can be hands-off and then, but at the same time, I can come to their restaurant, especially right now with labor the way it is. I can go out, people say, hey, I I can't make it there. Okay, hey, I'll come to your place and I'll show you what to do hands-on in your establishment. It's just better for us if we can get them in our building and just have them take a break, step aside and be able to concentrate and focus on what we're doing.
2: That's pretty cool. cool. When you you do that kind of uh, introduction to different restaurants, Jason, do you also go into maybe some of the legal side? I I, I don't know, are there food management, food preparation, food cooking licenses that
3: restaurants have to
2: abide with? Is that something
3: you get into? So we get into Serve Safe, which is the uh, national uh, body that can certify people to be Serve Safe certified, which means I've gone through uh, a class I've gone and I've taken a test on food safety. So, so basically how to not cross contaminate Well, you don't want to chop produce on the same cutting board that you've chopped yeah. raw chicken on, yeah. you know, that's the most basic level of explanation there. So, uh, all of Arkansas, I don't know about the country right now, but Arkansas, you have to have at least one food service manager, uh, serve safe manager in your establishment. Uh, I think that happened last year. So, which is good. Uh, you know, at, Nobody likes uh, food board illness to come to your party. It's the unwanted guest. So <laughs> it's uh, always good to have somebody that knows what they're doing in there. So yes, to answer your question, we uh, do that as well. I'm a Serve Safe proctor, so I can give the exam and uh, you know certify those people to go out in their operations as well. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, yeah.
0: So uh, I, you know, I just if we just look at your average uh, Facebook feed, um, food is a very popular. Uh, a posting topic. So uh, I, I'd say in the last several years, I, and I can't really put a time frame around it, the food, um, preparing food, cooking food, uh, broad range of pallets has become more popular. I'm assuming you're seeing that on both sides, not only as a chef, but as a supplier of product. Um, I suppose there's not, not, um, interesting things that are happening that are also bringing some interesting challenges to the food business.
3: Oh, there definitely is. There's all sorts of things happening. I think as the world gets smaller with technology, people just see what all is out there. You know, the days of meat and potatoes, we thought were gone until Mm -hmm. COVID hit. And now it's, oh, I want comfort food. Yeah, Uh, right. All these restaurants uh, (laughs) in Chicago or uh, California, you know, so uh, there's a famous chef named Grant hatchets that has alinea in chicago and they went from i mean they were probably doing 250 to 300 uh, tasting menus and that's probably without wine alcohol whatever right into doing 35 comfort foods and Mm -hmm. he would take it he would plate it up or i'm sorry he would box it up to go send it out and then if you followed him on instagram he would show you how they would plate it in the restaurant you could come buy it take it home and have that experience there so you know innovation is always key in the kitchen and you can really see the people who have pivoted immediately when this hit whether it be you know somebody that's the typical ticket might be a thousand two thousand dollars for the restaurant or whether it's uh you know texas roadhouse where i think he was one of the first ones that said hey We will do carry out. We will do curbside. We'll do whatever you need to get the food into your mouth because Mm -hmm. that's ultimately what a restaurant does. And if they can't do that, they're going to fail. So the people who can pivot are the people that have done that. And so to answer your question, yes, people are out there and they see things. Now. I was with Aramark at university of central Arkansas here and we're serving Indian dishes. We're serving Hispanic, you know, traditional Hispanic dishes. We're serving all these things to these 18 to 22 year old kids and now they expect that when they get out. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where they constantly have exposure. And as they get out in the world, they don't want, you know, the burger and fries on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want that Indian food. Hey, I, w- I want this vegan restaurant. I want Ethiopian food. And so people see that and they really enjoy the experience. And now, you know, as the millennials go, the experience is what they want. It's not so much about the food. It's about okay. the experience. How does
0: so, C- how does Cisco handle that? And I'm sorry, Paul, I don't mean to no, go ahead. I drag on this a little bit, but I'm just curious as, you know, the, the chef <laughs> and on the supply side, I'm assuming that's a unique challenge for you guys to try to keep ahead of the American taste bud, so to speak.
3: Well, uh, it is a challenge. I, once again, am in Arkansas. Yeah. And so we are not the culinary Mecca. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, Chicago there you go. Right, 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 right. Sure. Um, but, mm-hmm. Uh, Cisco as a whole has a line, a brand called Cutting Edge Solutions. And so our Cutting Edge Solution line has to be stocked across the country. And those are going to be better for you. They're going to be labor saving. They're going to be innovative items that help keep Cisco in front of the trends. I was part of that selection process in Houston. And you would see about 40 to 60 people. And we narrow that down to about eight items. And those items go out across the country twice a year. And so those items are going to be the innovative, the wow. trending flavors, the things that people want to see. Because, you know, let's take it, you know, a typical curry sauce it might not be something that Cisco, Arkansas would normally stock, mm-hmm. but Cisco LA would. And so that would be something that we stock across the country. And that just helps us introduce those flavors to our customers a little bit Very easier. Very cool.
1: Very cool. So, so, Jason, uh, quick, on a more personal level, um, you say you, you've described a long career in cooking and uh, providing food for people. When you were a young guy working at Waffle House and got thrown behind that grill, what was the thing that ignited that passion for cooking? Oh, great question.
3: Well, uh, so you say I was a young guy. I, I don't understand really that, that part of the question. Yet. But, uh, you know, I've, I've been cooking about 22 years. I started at Wildhouse when I was four. So, you know, whatever. Um, no, it's, it's a good question because a lot of people, you know, I've just always been a cook, I guess. Whether I knew I, I liked to cook or not, I've always enjoyed to eat. Uh, my son... <laughs> Uh, it doesn't really understand that he's like, Dad, you mean you eat for enjoyment? I'm like Yeah, <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> and, and he doesn't, you know, but I think that's just something I've always had. So, uh, at Waffle House, you start cooking and you start. I mean, I, when I, I didn't know how to boil water, guys, I had no clue what I was doing. And, uh, <laughs> we used to have robbery homicide detectives come in every night, order the same food. And they actually said, Hey, if we bring some hot dogs in, would you be able to cook some hot dogs? And, of course, as an 18-year-old young man, you want to do whatever the police say. Like, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> He's going outside, right? And so he brought me, Sergeant Maxwell brought me these hot dogs in, and he hands them to me, and I take them, and I look at them, and I looked at, look at the grill. Just, you know, it's just a flat top, a couple of ceilings, it's all you have. And I look back to Sergeant Maxwell and say, he starts, I don't have a microwave. How going to cook cookies hot dogs? He's like, boy, you get a pot of water. Boiling. Like, oh, okay. So, you know, that happens. And you start learning stuff. You start seeing stuff. And all my friends would come in on the late night, you know, nine at night till seven in the morning. And if I wasn't there, they wouldn't eat the Waffle House food. Now, I'm sure it didn't hurt that I was giving it to them for free. From <laughs> but you know it just kind of sparks something inside of you go you know wow i've created something that people like and as you start moving on through that process within waffle house and into you know a blue plate diner that i moved into Uh, my grandfather thought i was just going to be a ditch digger if i didn't get out of waffle so they moved me into a a bar that served blue plate specials like that was any better but uh, (laughs) it was just one of those things where it just evolves and you start learning and picking things up And then finally, I was able to learn under an actual chef and and really, you know, he really told me, he said, look, if you treat everybody like they're cold, tired and hungry, you'll be a success in this business. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, half of it is showing up. Let's face it, I mean, as a cook, you know, 99% of it is showing up. But then the rest of it, cold, tired and hungry, treat them like that and bring them in, warm them up, get their belly full, treat them well. That's the majority of the business right there. And so it just makes you feel good.
2: Yeah, what, what, a great, what a great metaphor, too. I mean, it reminds me a lot of like bodybuilders when you say, man, you're, you're probably pushing around a lot of iron. You go, well, you know, a big part of this, 90% of this is nutrition. It's how mm-hmm. you take care of the other part. In this case, it's how you treat people. The customer service angle is, is huge in, in your business. And I'll bet that's something you teach also when you're working with all these different restaurants out there and showing them, this is what you need to do to be, be successful, to increase your margin, to do all those things you want to do to get people to come on back.
3: Um, Absolutely. You know. Because the cooking aspect of it, look, anybody can cook. I mean, there's all these mail-in services now that bring food right to your door and you have to chop it up and cook it. And it teaches you how to cook. Now, can you do that a hundred times exactly the same, <laughs> uh, you know, every night? But you're completely right. If you go in and have a bad experience, chances are you're not coming back. Whether it be food wise or whether it be service level, you know, it service makes everything. Um my wife, as she grows uh, younger, <laughs> shouldn't say older there, but <laughs> she really, her, her experience, she's, she's just like my son and my daughter. Like they, could, they want the food, but it's all about the experience. And so I take that as a daily lesson when I teach my customers, look, you have to have a proper server training. That server is the face of your restaurant. You can't be at every table. The servers are there. And so if you don't have great service, if you don't have somebody that cares, then you're not going to have customers that care to come back. So, yes, you're completely right, Derry. where people have to have that customer service level. If you set the bar, then you need to hit it every time. Look at McDonald's. They set the bar really low, but they consistently hit it every time. <laughs> right? You know you're going to And so you Very have to distinct. do that at your restaurant. <laughs> set that, that bar up high and consistently try to hit that every single time.
2: Yeah. Got gotcha. you. All right, so, well, get some good tips out of this, I'll tell
1: you. Yeah. <laughs> so in that whole customer service vein, um, and you know, I and I already, you know, found out how you grew appreciation for cooking in your career. What was your proudest moment?
3: Um, so my proudest moment, uh, I was uh, I won a competition. I used to love doing competitions. Um and I won Diamond Chef Arkansas, which was a you know, it's a statewide competition, really locally based in the metro Little Rock area. And it was like uh, familiar with the Chopped uh, show where they give you a mystery basket and yep, you open yep. it up and, and jump in. Well, that's what the preliminary rounds were. And I made it actually through, uh, I just sort of four preliminaries. And then you go into the, the big competition that's a month out. And that one, the big competition was based on Iron Chef. And so here's mm-hmm. the one basket with the one protein in it. And they give you a choice ahead of time for a month. They say, hey, it's either going to be turtle, it's going to be uh, ostrich egg, or it's going to be eel. And you go, oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, and so you try to source that out and find it. And um, it was ostrich egg. And so we ended up taking uh, the prize that night. So it was really right. fun. It was. Uh, I've got a picture of myself you know holding the big trophy up over my head with a big smile yeah, on my face. And you know that was probably the proudest moment of the career uh, as far as that goes. And then one of my other certifications that I got that was it's like a four day long cooking exam at the Culinary Institute in San Antonio. And that was another huge moment. There was, uh, I think seven chefs that went through it and it was elimination. If you didn't pass the test, so it was four practical exams. And 11 written exams and if you failed any of them you're out and so there was that was uh i guess four days and out of seven chefs there was not one drop of alcohol that was uh which is a huge thing for chefs. Know anything about chefs. i mean so that was that was another proud moment to uh go four days without i mean no not four days without alcohol but to make uh, that test, uh, happen and, and really get that so that was probably the two proudest moments of my career. Yeah. And, uh,
1: and another, another personal question. Uh, what is your family's favorite meal that they like to have you prepare?
3: Okay. So, you know, the saying that toddlers, kids have no shoes, right? right. It's, it really plays into the chef's kids don't care about. Food at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of these things where, you know, if I go all out and say, hey, I'm going to cook this and make this. And most times you sit down and they go, You have any mac and cheese? <laughs> <laughs> and that's 100% accurate. And right. so I would say my son's favorite thing is just grilled protein, whether it be yep. beef or whether it be chicken or whatever. And my daughter's favorite thing is the blue box mac and cheese. Isn't it there terrible? It's awful. <laughs> As a nine-year-old girl, that's what she wants. And as a forty-two-year-old man, that's what I want. So,
0: right. when my kids were young and we were buying that blue box mac and cheese hand over fist, I thought, "Why couldn't I have thought a blue box mac and cheese?" Oh you know what I mean? Yeah. I need to invest in because. It's every generation kids grow up on that stuff. It's fantastic. And they even have it
3: at restaurants. That's right. one of the kids' menu. You see it. You're like, oh I would love to pay 6 for a blue box mac and cheese bowl. It cost me a dollar grocery store, please. Can I?
2: That's
0: great. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's
2: cool. And, you know, you've just remade your point, Jason, about uh, you know, part of the success of food is in the delivery of what the customer wants. You know, even if it's a blue box of cheese noodles. That's what the customer mm-hmm. wants, and, and your kid, your daughter's great. She's happy with it, and she's doing well.
3: So. Well, and you're completely right, and you know what? Our choice of restaurants are all based on whether my kids will have a good time there or not, because if the kids are happy, look, I can be happy eating whatever. I've had so much rich food in my life, I could go the rest of it without any, but if the kids are happy, I'm totally fine. Nicole and I can have a good time.
2: Yes, absolutely. You know, we're getting close to the end of the time here. So what I'd like to do is as we close this out, uh, Jason, like to say once again, thank you and, and just uh, remind people about some of the things you've talked about here today. I mean, you've talked about customer service. You've talked about a great career, a lot of fun. And there goes our timer. Oh, right on. Uh, so that, that's perfect. Uh, you've talked about... Um, you know, taking care of the customer. Uh, I, I've heard great, great success within your stories. The warmth that you're projecting, and, and obviously the you know super sales skills that you have there, but presented so very well. So it's understandable to me why Cisco wants you back. I mean, good good for them to have a guy like you, a quality guy on their team. Thank you for being on our team today and and responding to some some silly questions, some good questions. I hope. And, and uh, we've had a really good time here. Um, for our audience, Jason Knapp, uh, he works with uh, Cisco Foods out in Arkansas and um, and Oklahoma. Uh, you know, hey, Jason, I forgot to ask you this. If somebody wants to get a hold of you and ask you a question, uh, is there a preferred way if you'd like them to reach out to you, especially you want us to send them to you? Do you have any thoughts on that?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, so they can always reach out to me over my Cisco email. So it's K N A P P at cisco.com, S-Y-S-C-O. And so, yeah, if anybody has any questions about anything um, food related, um, they'd be happy to reach out to me and uh, be happy to answer whatever I can answer. Uh, yeah. Tell my customers, if I don't know it, we'll do it, we'll find it out together. <laughs> That's it.
2: And, and just you know, reemphasizing what you've done all along is, is finding the best way. So thank you for that. For our audience out there, we hope you've learned a little bit more about, uh, about food today, about cooking, customer service. Uh, had a good time with us. Hope you've gotten some great tips too. Uh, we certainly have. Jason uh, Knapp has been our guest. I'd love to have him back again. Uh, for all, all the rest of you, uh, you can find us at cetrain.isu.edu. You already know all that. Uh, but uh, hope you join us. Let us know what you think of this. Uh, check out our newsletters. And everybody, thank you again for joining us for Sweet Talk and everyone be safe out there.